Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. This is your host, Motormouth Mosley. You're following, uh, you're listening in at blogtalkradio.com or you have called in. Thanks a lot for listening. Uh, if you're interested in uh, making a phone call, got something you want to say, got something you want to get off your chest, you can reach us at 347-945-7975. Tonight we're looking at uh, a few items that are uh, kind of hot topic personally for me. Um, we're going to touch on a little bit NCAA football. We're going to also uh, touch on a little female volleyball. The national rankings are out for my friends back in Hawaii. That's kind of a big deal. Uh, we have a scheduled guest who is supposed to call in, and that is four-time Super Bowl champion of the San Francisco 49ers, uh, Jesse Sapolu from the University of Hawaii and Farrington Governor. Uh, he's scheduled to call in. Hopefully his schedule will allow it. If not, we will just go ahead and have a great show and look forward to having him on at a later date. As I said, one of the things that we want to talk about today is going to be the uh, college preseason rankings. Had a discussion with a good friend a few weeks ago on this topic, and it came up again just recently. And the question is, the necessity of a preseason football ranking is it valid? Does it mean anything to anybody? 50-50 on this one, I guess. I'm kind of on the fist. Um, uh, most teams and most coaches will say they're more concerned about how they finish at the end of the year, not how they start out. Unfortunately for some uh, mid-majors and other teams, if they aren't in the rankings early in the season, it's really hard for them to get in. Uh, for the big dogs, you know, the BCS is basically a situation that is made for the big people. It's their dance. They don't want anybody else to come in. So as much as they can as possible, the big conferences, the Big 12, the SEC, the Pac-12, and the Big 10 and the Big 12, I may have said it already, but they they pretty much run everything. Their presidents and, and that, uh, athletic directors are the ones in charge. So they definitely – uh, are a elite group that want to keep it that way. They don't want everybody coming into the country club. So when teams like Boise or the University of Hawaii a few years ago when they busted in and got into the Sugar Bowl, uh, that wasn't real appealing to the uh, the haves to have a have not show up and crash their party. So ever since Hawaii kind of, I don't want to say embarrassed themselves, but embarrassed, but, but didn't have a good showing. It has made it much, that much harder for your mid-majors or your non-automatic qualifiers, as they call them, to get into the dance. Uh, Boise had a couple of good years where they had some major upsets, and I think the Sugar Bowl, Orange Bowl, uh, a big upset over uh, Oklahoma, and opened the door for mid-majors to get in. And with that debacle, I believe in 2006 when Hawaii uh, played Georgia, and got pretty much ran out of the house from the first play of the game, uh, it kind of hurt the have-nots to be able to get into the party. 
So I do want to kind of go down the list real quick of the preseason rankings in NCAA college football in the FBS, which is the football bowl system or something. It used to be known as Division One, and now they got some stupid FBQW something. Oh, well, marketing. But the number 10 team in preseason ranking, according to this poll, is Florida. The Gators, SEC, automatically is going to get a lot of love, considered the best conference in college football. I'm sure that some people would like to argue with that, but uh, unfortunately, it is the truth. Uh, number nine, Louisville. Uh, Tom Jackson's alma mater. Uh, being led by Heisman hopeful Teddy Bridgewater. Great young quarterback. Great attitude. Saw him a few weeks ago on television. Uh, very well spoken. Very well uh, carries himself with a lot of class. Uh, and uh, extremely talented and hardworking young man. Number eight from the SEC, Clemson. Uh, Clemson Tigers, I believe the quarterback is Taj Boyd. Uh, Sammy Hawkins was there last year. They've got some great receivers. It'll be interesting to see how well they fare against uh, the mighty uh, rambling wreck of Georgia Tech. I'm looking for a big upset this year. Uh, at number seven, again, SEC, the real USC. Uh, University of South Carolina led by the old ball coach and consensus All-American probable number one pick in next year's draft, probable player of the year, and a long shot, probably the best shot uh, to be seriously considered a defensive player, a full-time defensive player who has a full shot at winning the Heisman in Jadavion Clowney. Uh, unbelievable stats, six foot, six foot four, six foot five, weighs 270, runs a 4-4, um, and plays defensive line. So uh, a beast, another one of the main reasons why I knew my football days were over was when a guy who outweighed me by 100 pounds could run a faster 40 times. Number six going in is the Dogs, University of Georgia at number six. They should be a real consideration uh, for the SEC title. Uh, probably will come down to them in the east with South Carolina. I'm taking Georgia to beat, I'm calling it right now, Georgia to beat A&M in the SEC championship. Yeah, I said A&M and not Alabama. Number five, the team that plays at Kyle Field, the Texas A&M University, Giggum, Aggies in the house. Number five going in, Johnny Manziel with or without Johnny Manziel. This will be a great team. You got my word on it. Number four, Stanford, the Cardinal, no S, out of California in the Pac-12. Pac-12 represented at the very top of this list very well. You've got number three, the Quack Quacks from Oregon. Oregon Ducks at number three. Probably your uh, Pac-12 champion will come out of one of those two schools. At number two, which I don't agree with. The number two ranked Ohio State Buckeyes from the Ohio State University, led by Braxton Miller, Heisman hopeful. Went 12-0 last year, but was under an NCAA ban for some uh, misdealings that were going on in the program and not keeping a good enough eye on their players. Uh, now with Urban Meyer at the helm running the program, uh, it's going to be extremely interesting to see how well they play. 
considering uh, the cupcake schedule that they have in, in the Big Ten. But we'll see what happens, of course. We'll see what happens. Uh, it, this is, uh, as I said, this is the ranking that I found online. Uh, I think it's the AP, which is done by the coaches. And at number one, consensus, three, going after a three-peat, I believe it would be four, three, four out of the last five-year national champion, Alabama, roll tide. Now, that's their top ten. Mine is a little bit more jumbled. Again, I've got Florida at number 10, but I've got Louisville moving up from 9 to 3. I've got Clemson from 8 to 9. I've got University of South Carolina at 8. I've got the Georgia Dogs at number 2. I've got Alabama at number 5. I've got Stanford at four, Oregon at three, and yes, my Texas A&M Aggies at number one. National champion, Texas A&M Aggies, you heard it here first. You don't like it, get over it. Also uh, released this week, especially, like I said, for my good people back in Hawaii who are real big volleyball fans, uh, the preseason AVCA rankings are out. The Wahine are ranked at number 11, led by Coach Dave Shoji. Look for them to make some moves this year. Uh, the SEC was uh, represented also with Florida and Kentucky. We're in the top 25. But going in as the preseason number one, Hookham Horns, Pride of Austin, Texas, University of Texas, Lady Longhorns. Should be interesting here in women's volleyball. I know that on the mainland, not a whole lot of people are real big volleyball fans, but I like to cover all sports except soccer. I like to cover all sports except soccer. I like to cover all sports except what the Europeans call football. But that's just me. I'm still waiting on my man, Rick Thede, soccer extraordinaire, soccer, soccer guru to call me up and let me know and educate me on why I should be a soccer fan. But until he does, no soccer. Also, we'd like to talk a little bit about fantasy football. Fantasy football. It's where a bunch of guys get together with a lot of good food, usually some adult beverages, and they put on their general manager hats and act like they actually know something about the game, and they use this formula for calculating points that I know very little about. But they use this formula, and they have these draft parties, and then they go through the season, and they're checking on these players and their stats, and it's usually just the skilled players because that's what the game is really all about is the skilled players. And they construct these fantasy teams, and every week they're looking at the stat lines and trying to figure out what their player did on each specific game, on each specific team. And most of the guys I know who compete in this farce are guys who love the game, but in my opinion, I couldn't do it. I could not play fantasy football because I would be the world's worst fantasy football player because there is no way that I'm going to pick a player from another team that I hate and then have to cheer for him to do well. 
That's just blasphemous. That's just sacrilege. You just can't do it. If I was a fantasy football aficionado back in the 90s uh, when my Dallas Cowboys were running roughshod over the league and then when they decided to give somebody else a chance to let them win a couple of Super Bowls, you had the 49ers doing their thing and then Green Bay. and There's just no way that I could sleep and look at myself in the mirror and say, go Joe Montana, go Steve Young, go Brett Favre, have a great game. You lose. I mean, where is loyalty to your team? You can't cheer for the bad guys. And those are the bad guys. So I never understood it. I never wanted to be a part of it. It's just something that I just, I don't get. I mean, it takes away from what the game is about, cheering for your team against the other team, rivalries, you know, the Cowboys versus the Redskins, uh, the Steelers versus everybody, you know, the Falcons versus, I mean, how could you, how could you be a Falcon fan? And on your fantasy team draft, Drew Brees, or how could you be, a Denver Bronco fan and draft as your running back, Jamal Charles, because he was the best player available. So you go through a season or weeks for cheering for guys that you don't want to see succeed. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It seems like the the fantasy thing is played by a bunch of guys that, I don't know, uh, I, 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 Geez, I'm almost speechless, but I, I get, I, I guarantee you that Motormouth Mosley, this guy talking here, could never play fantasy football because that's all it is. It's a fantasy. It has nothing to do with the game. It's just a farce. It makes no sense, and you got to be somewhat goofy to be a part of fantasy football. I know it's multi-million dollar, and I blame it on baseball because fantasy baseball started all this fantasy stuff, and it's spread to all these other sports, and it just doesn't make any sense. But that's just me. That's just my opinion, and that's just how I feel about it. Now, again, we're supposed to have Jesse Sapoli on. Hopefully we'll have him on at another time, another day. Jesse is a four-time Super Bowl champion of the San Francisco 49ers, who, if he played a skill position, and even though he was a former friend and teammate of mine, I still would not draft him to be on my fantasy team. But he is a good friend. He is a great man. And what he was going to come on and talk about were a couple of projects that he's been a part of. And ideally, hopefully, he still may may call in. But he was a part of uh, the creation of what some folks probably know very little about, especially anything outside of the Polynesian community, is the Polynesian Football Hall of Fame. And I haven't had a chance to uh, discuss this with him at any long period but uh, I did go back in my memory banks and kind of put together a few names that if he did come on that I was going to ask him about. And, and, and I know that a couple of guys are guaranteed to be on there. Now, I mean, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts. If they're not in the first class of inductees, I would be absolutely amazed. And that's guys like Moses Tatupu, 
played mid played you know twelve fifteen years in the NFL mostly with the New England Patriots. Uh, ended his career, I believe, with the Seattle Seahawks. Prior to the Punahou School in Hawaii. Uh, great running back, great special teams player. I would assume that he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, probably the man with the greatest nickname that Chris Berman ever came up with, and that's Junior Makem Seau. Uh, great linebacker, redefined the play of the position out of the University of Southern California. Uh, Southern California, born and bred, uh, well, not born, but bred, and uh, Hall of Fame NFL player, tragically took his own life. Uh, but Junior Seau has to be in that inaugural class of Polynesian uh, football Hall of Famers. Uh, there's a couple of guys who I definitely wanted to ask Jesse about, and when he does come back on the show one day, I will ask him about these players. And that's a couple of guys who uh, not only I played with or um, who I remember growing up as a kid uh, being some of the first Samoans or Polynesians that I had ever heard of. And one guy specifically is Vice Sekahema. I wonder if he's in that Hall of Fame, uh, and if not, how soon he will be in. Vi was a great return, return specialist for the Philadelphia Eagles, played for BYU, Got to see the back of his jersey going down the sideline way too many times when we played BYU in college. Um, I think he was like 38 years old when he was in college. Just joking, just joking. But uh, a great special teams player. I wonder if he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, the throwing Samoan, Jack Thompson. I wonder if he's in the Hall of Fame. Another great, he played the uh, University of Washington, UW. Uh, got a drink of water in the NFL. Never was anything of any major significance, but it was a great college player, and I wonder if he's made it in there. Uh, so uh, hopefully, like I said, we'll get Jesse on within a few weeks, uh, within a few days, and we can discuss some of these some of these great Samoan, Polynesian, Tongan, Hawaiian uh, athletes who made their mark in the game of football. Uh, remember, you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley radio show. Phone number to dial in is at 347-945-7975. If you're looking at sending us uh, something via snail mail, you can reach us at the Motormouth Mosley Man Cave. That's P.O. Box 55, Redan, Georgia, 30074. You can also hit us up on our Twitter account, and that's mmmosley24. That's on Twitter. You can hit us. You can send us, uh, drop us a line. At uh, email address, and that would be motormouthmosley at AOL.com. And, of course, always on Facebook. You can reach us on Facebook at the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. If you decide to come in to our page and you want to maybe donate or look at some uh, advertising, some sponsorships, you can click on the About button and log on to our PayPal account and uh, you can you know, send a donation, uh, send me a, a note, and let me know what you're looking at as for advertising, and maybe we can work something out. But uh, definitely enjoy uh, this time that I get to have with you. As most of you already know, we've got a slate of NFL games coming up this week. Uh, unfortunately, the season doesn't start until the first week of October, so we've still got a good four or five more weeks. Uh, before we've got real football, 
The NFC East is real, well promoted that first weekend. We've got the Cowboys playing the late game on Sunday against the Giants, and I believe the Eagles and the Redskins playing that first Monday night game. So it should be interesting. I believe the Ravens and the Steelers play the Thursday before that weekend to actually kick off the season. Uh, what a great game to start. No, it's actually the Ravens and the Broncos. Ravens and the Broncos are starting off the NFL season on th- on that Thursday night. Uh, for my lady callers or gentlemen who are interested in the show, we also will be having on Thursday nights, Scandal Nights. Uh, Scandal is a TV show on ABC, a local ABC affiliate. New episodes will be, uh, the pr- season premiere will start October 3rd. Immediately following uh, that episode, we will be having a 30-minute chit-chat talk conversation uh, on what has conspired in the show. It's just a little something for my non-football fans. Not everybody is a sports jockey. By the way, I wanted to throw out a shout-out to Jason Duffner for winning this year's 2013 PGA Championship at Oak Hill. A great dominating last two rounds. Uh, Jim Fuhr gave him everybody uh, could handle going in that last round. I thought it was going to be a playoff. Duffner pulled away at the end. Uh, uh, with his dip of snuff in his uh, bottom lip, uh, went ahead and uh, did something that he wasn't able to do two years ago at the Atlanta Country Club uh, where he gave it away to uh, Keegan Bradley. But this year he held on, won the thing, gave his wife a hug and a little pat on the tush, that seemed to make a big deal for a lot of people. I mean, it's, he, he patted her on the tush. It ain't like he grabbed her and fondled her on national television. Calm down, people. But it was a great weekend, great weekend of sports. Had full slate of football games, had some baseball. Rangers have taken over first place in the AL West. Dodgers are killing people out west in the National League. So looking for a great last quarter of the Major League Baseball season. Can't wait till football kicks off. Of course, we still got that whole deal with Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M. See what's going to happen there. Not overly concerned. Or someone will get the job done. I actually heard some bobblehead tonight talk about that it was his fault that Johnny got into this situation. He should have done a better job of controlling him. And that's just horse cocky. I uh, don't even want to give that any any type of attention at all. Shouldn't have even mentioned it probably, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how this year pans out. But I'm still picking my Texas A&M Aggies to win it all this year, be in the BCS championship, and win it over Stanford. I think Stanford will be in the game. They'll lose it, and uh, they'll lose the game and drop down to number three. But it'll be a fun season. It should be fun. It's football. And, folks, don't forget to check out your local high school football. Uh, those young athletes do it for the love of the game, trying to find uh, their way in the college, many of them. Uh, some, of the, some of them, that's just their, fame, their their spotlight will end there. But go out and support your local high school, Pop Warner football. It's a great game. Uh, I know there's some safety concerns that a lot of people have, but there is no greater game. It teaches so many lessons on the field about life that – uh, you just can't do in other sports. So, uh, yes, I love football. No, I don't like soccer. And uh, the rest of the sports fall somewhere in between. But thank you again for listening to the Motormouth Mostly Radio Show. Look forward to our next bar- broadcast, which should be Thursday night. 
which would be at 11 o'clock Eastern time, 10 o'clock Texas time, uh, 8 o'clock on the left coast, and, of course, 5 o'clock in Aloha land. But, again, thank you for calling in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for logging on. Uh, our episodes are archived at Blog Talk Radio, so if at any time you want to go back and listen to an episode, find out what I said about such and such, feel free. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Aloha.